Hey everybody, welcome back to Who Knew We Didn't. This is the podcast where we explore things in your daily life and psychology and how all of that goodness ties together. And then today we're going to be talking a bit about general science as well. My name is Marta and my partner in podcast here is Megan. Megan, have you slept well tonight? last night i actually did have a very good sleep last night that's good yeah that means that you're going to retain a lot of this information and Fantastic. for you listeners if you guys haven't slept well go take a nap right now pause the podcast and then return because i'd like you to remember what happens in this episode and sleeping actually has a lot to do with remembering what happens so go take a nap we'll see you back when you get back and for those of you who did have a restful sleep and you are ready to listen let that's great let's dive right in um we are coming to you live from inside a lovely sunroom it's very picturesque here we are in the the beautiful muskoka area and uh i think marta's gonna post on instagram about it yeah absolutely <laughs> and uh today we're gonna be talking about sleep we're actually doing a bit of a series we're doing sleep and dreams so today's episode we are going to start off talking about sleep and marta's gonna take the reins on that and then uh make sure you return for our next episode because i'll be talking about dreams and psychology so without further ado i suppose we should get into it yeah um before i start i'd like to ask you a question what what kind of things happen to you when you don't get enough sleep like if you didn't sleep enough in a night what's your next day like uh very groggy and um i have difficulty focusing um i need a lot more coffee i kind of on any given day can't get enough coffee but i really can't get enough coffee on a day where i haven't slept well and no matter how much coffee i drink it never seems to really snap me Wake out of you it up. yeah uh, i just feel kind of like cloudy and hazy yeah for the whole day yeah the same thing is true for pretty much everyone um the chances so there's this kind of person there's this like thing where you can be the kind of person who can survive on four to five hours of sleep a night and they're like i'm not that person yeah there's some people like that who can but a lot of people claim that they can but they actually can't the chances of you being one of those people are s lower than the chances of you getting hit by lightning whoa yeah so you're more likely to get hit by lightning i think it's also you're more likely to win the lottery than to be one of those people who can only sleep yeah. for four or five hours yeah oh my god yeah so it's like very very few people and if you think you're one of those people it's the same you're probably as, not getting enough sleep <laughs> yeah you're probably not getting enough sleep and the thing about sleep deprivation like if you're not getting enough sleep is you don't realize how deprived you are and like how bad you are just like people who are drunk who think they can drive so Whoa. like yeah subjectively you think you're fine because you can't like make sense of it but objectively like compared to others you are completely like not capable of driving huh um and so for today i'm going to be talking a lot about the research of dr matt walker he's pretty he's a pretty renowned uh psychologist in this field who does a lot of research about sleep in general a lot of the facts that i'm going to be talking about are um but like these are how sleep and sleep deprivation affects you just in total so there's some psychology specific things that i focused on today but there's a lot of just like physiological things like what lack of sleep does to your body too and wow. yeah and cool. all sorts of things and there's just a bunch of statistics and i'm very excited so um also where i found out about dr matt walker i heard i heard him on the joe rogan podcast and then 
when I was researching for this episode, I listened to a talk that he gave at Google and it's amazing because his speech is so down pat. Like it's not even a speech, but like just his list of facts are so down pat that like he basically says everything exactly the same, Mm. but both times it just seems like supernatural. And like, this is the first time I'm saying this like talk and whatever. That's like John Ronson. I saw two different TED Talks. Like he gave the same talk. That's right? Yeah, uh, he did the same talk at two different TED conferences and they were like a little bit different, but they sounded completely natural and they were mostly identical. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. But because this talk that he gave is just so down pat, I really like kind of directly plagiarized from him. So if- It's not plagiarizing if you source it. I'm sourcing it. Dr. Matthew Walker from UC Berkeley. He has like this whole sleep lab and everything. Um, And so when they do research on people sleeping, they use like a bunch of fucking metrics. They talk, they use MRI, PET scanning, high density sleep, EEG recordings, genomics, proteomics, proteomics, whatever the fuck that is. I don't even know what it is. Uh, Autonomic physiology, brain stimulation and cognitive testing. Um, And specifically his lab focuses on wellness and disease, Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, cancer, depression, anxiety, insomnia, and cardiovascular disease. So if you'll notice, like depression and anxiety were the only two like more psychological based ones and so that's kind of all I'm going to talk about today but like guys the research on sleep is so fascinating and it like it's how sleep affects all of those things wow yeah yeah so there's like because the way I planned to structure this was like okay this is what sleep is and like these are the benefits of sleep and like this is what can happen without sleep and like these are the things that disturb your sleep but like Pretty much everything that I talk about is all the shit that happens if you don't get enough sleep. Hmm. And Calvin uh, just notoriously doesn't get enough sleep. Like he's always running on very, very little fuel. And I always knew like it makes him grumpy. Like he makes more mistakes. It's funny because you're like trying to work more so that you can get more done. But you actually just like it works regressively. It's counterproductive. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so every time I came like I researched a new fact I'd like shout it to him because he was in the other room and I'm like did you know like (laughs) (laughs) did you know you're killing yourself and he's like yeah I know so yeah anyway so I'm gonna just jump right in the talk with Dr. Matthew Walker starts with the effects that lack of sleep has on your reproductive health the thing that he focused on was more so men's reproductive health. So I'll, I'll start with that. Men who sleep five hours a night or less have zi- significantly smaller testicles than men who sleep eight or more hours per night. Whoa. Yeah. So your balls shrink, which is funny, <laughs> kind of like also terrifying because also with like in relation to the uh, your testicles shrinking, they produce the same amount of testosterone as men 10 years their senior. So as you age, your testosterone levels decline. Yeah. That's linked with a lot of health problems in older men, mm-hmm. low testosterone levels, and you produce way less testosterone. You produce like the same levels. So a 20-year-old man who's sleeping less than five, five hours or less a night is, is producing- basically aging himself 10 years. Yeah, he's producing like, the amount of testosterone of that testosterone. Yeah, wow. a 30-year-old person- Whoa. Mm-hmm. And the, like... And he's drinking his balls. Yeah. Wow. Um, the Apparently, there's equivalent impairments in the female reproductive systems, but he didn't go into it. So, so. like, you have smaller ovaries or... <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Just Lady like balls. Maybe less estrogen? Yeah. Wow. I don't know, I don't know specifically what happens, because I didn't... Honestly, there's so much research that I didn't have time to That's look fair. into it. Um, 
next cognitively the things that happen cognitively are so interesting so you need sleep to learn anything new right like you need sleep to write new memories Mm -hmm. the thing that's mostly associated with like there's short-term memory and then long-term memory short-term memory all relies on like the hippocampus or at least that's the theory right now and the normal functioning brain has like when people are learning or whatever if you're doing like a brain scan there's regular amounts of electrical activity in the hippocampus a sleep-deprived brain after like an all-nighter or something has basically no hippocampal activity at all whoa yeah so your brain just like shuts it down it's like the way he described it is that your hippocampus is like the inbox of your brain it's the memory inbox and when the inbox is full and there's no sleep to help empty it then it just shuts it down it's like sorry no space here like when your voicemail is full and it won't let you record new messages exactly wow exactly and so while you're sleeping there's really powerful brain waves um and at the top of each brain wave there's this like powerful electrical burst called a spindle the spindle is basically what allows the transfer of memories from your hippocampus into your long-term memory storage and so when your memories are being moved out of your hippocampus you are restoring space in there um so one of the studies that they used to find this or like one of the studies they used to support this theory is they took a group of adults and assigned one to a sleep group and one to a like stay up all night group the people who stayed up all nights the next day, they were put, both groups were put into an MRI s- scanner and told to memorize a list of facts. The people who got no sleep performed 45% worse. Wow. After just one night of a lack of sleep. Now, think about all those students who are like in their undergrads or like whatever, or even just me trying to learn for this podcast. Yeah. Like pulling an all nighter doesn't help you, it actually vastly reduces your ability to learn. It also makes you more likely to be late for that exam tomorrow. So get sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what's also really interesting and like linked to this memory and sleep, that sort of thing is with aging and dementia. So sleep gets worse when you age and specifically that deep sleep, which is when your hippocampus has a chance to empty out. What do you mean sleep gets worse? Like you have more difficulty sleeping or like you don't get as restful as sleep? The quality of your sleep is okay. worse. And also older people have a harder time sleeping for as long as like your amount of sleep that you get huh. goes down. I wonder if that's why older people nap more. Hmm, maybe. Maybe just like being on this earth for that long is fucking exhausting. Maybe. Like I de- believe that. Dealing with dumb kids. 100%. <laughs> um, and so the sleep lab correlated this like deep reduction in deep sleep with the decline with the cognitive decline that happens with old age and with Alzheimer's. So like as your deep sleep like as your time logged in deep sleep gets lower and lower as you age, like that's the way that you decline also cognitively. Like those lines are directly correlated. Mm. Like they basically map over top of each other. Whoa. So it's not like you can, we can't draw lines saying like this is causation until they're able to run a study where they improve deep sleep in aging adults and see how that affects their cognitive um, functioning. But there is this like device. So, Um, They can put electrodes on your scalp and send electric pulses into your brain that mimic the waves of the deep sleep while you're sleeping. And they did this to young, healthy adults. And so it was just like singing in harmony with your brain waves. Like it was giving electric pulses at the same time that your brain was giving electric pulses. So just amplifying your natural ones. And those people had a significant increase in their ability to memorize things and in the amount of memory that they had. Wow. Yeah. And so like they were already 
able to improve memory in younger adults with this. So they're trying to get like, this is something that's actually currently in the process. Like they're trying to get approved to run these studies on elderly. Yeah. People? On elderly people. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Another link between sleep deprivation and, um, and Alzheimer's disease is this toxic protein in your brain called beta amyloid. And it's uh, closely associated with Alzheimer's disease. So people who have a higher level of this protein in their brain are more likely to or have Alzheimer's or some form of dementia. Wow. Um, and this is something that's naturally occurring in your brain while you're awake. Because your brain, like this, Matt Walker says, like, wakefulness is basically low level brain damage and sleep is like restorative like repairing the brain damage that happens to you while you're awake whoa because your brain produces these toxins and all sorts of things like these are byproducts of just being awake and like the processes that your brain needs to do to like be a functioning conscious human um so beta amyloid builds up in your brain while you're awake and while you're sleeping while you're in that deep sleep that's when it actually like it's like a sewage system so it just pumps all that shit out but if Whoa. you don't get enough sleep your body can't your brain doesn't pump it all out and it's like just stays in there yeah and it's like a plaque buildup on your brain whoa yeah which is cool well so it's like cool. gingivitis of the brain exactly yeah and that's that's kind of how they describe it is like it's this plaque buildup in your brain that makes your connections a lot slower hmm. as well so it could be also linked with like other neurodegenerative diseases but i'm totally taking a leap here but yeah, so there's a lot of things that happen with sleep. Uh, this all sounds really depressing because like, it sounds like there's nothing we can do. We just have to get more sleep. Yeah, but you can do something. You just have to get more sleep. But sleeping pills, you might be thinking about sleeping pills or melatonin. They're not the answer. Sleeping pills don't produce a naturalistic sleep. They just kind of take away consciousness, but they don't really give you sleep. And they're linked with a higher risk of death and cancer whoa yeah which is interesting and i'll explain the cancer correlation later on uh but instead what they suggest is that current stimulation right so putting it on your um putting it on your scalp and actually giving electrical pulses and so he when he was saying that in the talk he's like i bet all of you guys are now thinking where can i buy these i needed two yesterday and three more tomorrow and he's like it's still not fda approved or anything like it's still in testing but like we talked about this in depression in our depression uh episode as well like those electric pulses electrode therapy is just like gonna save the world it's <laughs> all about our brain and how our brain is functioning and so if you can like stimulate the brain because it runs on electricity, then maybe we can fix things. Wow. Mm -hmm. Going into how uh, sleep impacts society and specifically education, enhancing sleep in a context where it matters most is transformative. What's a context where you think sleep and it's linked to memory matters the most? Um, well, immediately I think about like taking a test or something like that, where I have to mm -hmm. do some sort of like performance evaluation tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. So there's, um, that's, you're pretty much hitting the nail on the head. It's in schools, like with yeah. kids and there's some County or there's like a lot of the States school times have been going earlier and earlier and just basically all around the world. So there were some States where the school times were starting at seven 30 in the morning. And if you think about what time these kids are getting up for the bus, like some of them have to get up at five to make it onto the bus for five 30 or six or whatever. To make it to the school by seven. Yeah. Cause yeah. that, I don't know about other places, but I assume it's a very similar, like where I'm from, 
the high school bus buses is, so long. is yeah. also the public school buses. So you have to, or pardon me, the high school and elementary buses, it's the same oh. bus. So you have to do your, like high school started way, way earlier. They had to drop all the high school kids off. I got to school almost an hour before my school actually started oh my because God. my bus driver had to drive back out to the country, pick up the like country crop of kids to take them to elementary school. And I feel like that's it's it's very common in the school board where I grew up. Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually terrible for kids. Oh, well, there <laughs> yeah. you go. Um, and there's a specific case study that I wanted to mention it. They did it in Adena, Minnesota, and they shifted school start times from 725 a.m. to 830. So they just shifted it by an hour. Uh, also, he mentions he doesn't he doesn't blame the school system for shifting them earlier because like parents have to get to work. So they want to drop their kids off first before yeah. going to work, whatever, whatever. But there has to be like a big change societally in order to like make those start times later. Because when Minnesota did the shift by an hour before they did the shift, the average SAT score was 1,288. I think this is like the top 10th percentile. It was 1,288. After the shift, the next year, scores were 1,500. That's a 212-point increase just by l making like the, the start time later. Like, the only change is the start time of school. Mm-hmm. Whoa. So... The thing about the study, I just wanted to point out that there are flaws. This is an environmental study. So it's like something that's just happening. Like there's so many other variables, like the teachers might have changed or whatever. So like these things aren't the strongest effects, but they've recreated it in clinical settings. Like I like I mentioned earlier with the people with the adults and the sleeping and the MRI and memorizing facts, like it's been recreated many, many times. And they found that it improves behavioral problems. It has psychiatric benefits. It improves learning, truancy, everything. It improves everything. But what do you think is, you're probably not going to get this because I definitely didn't get it. And so I'm just asking you a question that is bound to fail. But okay. what do you think is an unexpected side effect of kids going to school later side effect but really beneficial uh they have breakfast no but actually that's what i like that's along the lines of what i thought too i was like oh they're more nourished whatever yeah, they have a, enough time to have a meal before going to school is what i would have thought so it actually extended life expectancy of teens because life expectancy because, of teens yeah like it went suicide rates went down well not really so it's it wasn't a longitudinal study so they didn't like follow these kids around and be like, along and be like oh when they're 90 like they live longer because whatever kids got into fewer car accidents on the way to school whoa because they weren't sleep deprived yeah that's crazy yeah and so i mentioned that a little bit earlier like when you're sleep deprived you don't know you don't realize how sleep deprived you are and there was a study where they had they compared like a sleep deprived driver to a drunk driver a drunk driver will stop but delayed so the re reactions are way delayed sleepy drivers don't stop at all wow yeah or like they don't even react in time and so humans can be awake for like around 16 hours without cognitive deficit around 18 19 hours there's significant observable cognitive de deficit if you've been up for 22 hours you're impaired to drive Wow. Yeah, you like just shouldn't be driving. I'm immediately, my heart is racing for all of the times that I've left work at four o'clock and then not gotten to Barrie until seven and then driven home from Barrie. Yeah, and been fucking exhausted. Yeah. 
because I'm exhausted at two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm ready to go to sleep. Yeah. And you're lucky because you were still driving in like daylight hours, at least not in the winter recently. Yeah. I was going to say at least more recently you're driving in daytime hours, but like a lot of the times when I was driving from home to school, like to university in Guelph, I'd leave my parents' house at like 11 and get to Guelph at like 12. And I'm driving like my big shitty van because I had a big GM Safari. So it was like cozy and comfortable and like rocking me to sleep. I would pull over for naps. Like I am not against a pullover for a nap. No, I'm not. I'm not. I've never done it because by the time I get into my car and bury, I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm, it's probably, I'm thinking about it. I'm talking out loud and thinking out loud and it's probably really bad because by the time I get to Barry, not only am I tired, I'm mad that I'm tired and I have to get in the car and get home because I'm furious <laughs> yeah. and exhausted. Yeah. So really probably shouldn't be driving. Hey, so many people do this and it probably like tells you how much um, society is sleep deprived because the second most traded commodity in the world after oil is coffee. Whoa. Yeah. So like we need oil. I'm drinking a coffee right now. Yeah. You have one in your hands. <laughs> we need oil for the cars and we need coffee for the, for the drivers of the cars. Wow. Right? Which is crazy. Like it's just, anyway, back to this kid's study. Um, kids got into fewer accidents on their way to school because they were less sleep deprived. And when ABS brakes were developed and like installed into all cars, well, not installed, but like part of all new cars, Mm -hmm. accidents went down 20 to 25%, which is a big reduction in accidents, like big reduction in lethal accidents. And that was seen as a revolution to driving accident rates of these teens sleep drops accident rates by guess how much percent. Like it's something bigger than 20 25. Is it 50? It's 70%. Holy fuck. Yeah. So like... That's a lot bigger <laughs> than 20. Yeah. Kids, like motor vehicle accidents went down by 70% because they just got an extra hour of sleep. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's wild. That's wild. Yeah. And so people will say like, oh, the kids should just go to bed earlier, yada, yada, yada. Well, if you have a part-time job and you have to be at school even exactly. at 8 a.m., you know, you have to be at school all day. You have to put in at least a decent shift because who the fuck can afford university or college anymore? Yeah. Yeah. Go to, and then you got to get home. You got to do your homework. You got to study. Go to bed earlier. Hey, <laughs> person so who's not even here. I'm having an <laughs> argument with <laughs> it's no. And I agree. Like, that's part of it. It's like, how am I supposed to go to bed earlier when I have all of this stuff to do? When like, you when have, have homework like, and whatever that force you to be awake. Yeah. Um, Now moving into a slightly different area, we're going to move into emotional and mental health and psychology a little bit. So without, I mentioned this a little bit in the ADHD episode, like lack of sleep has a big impact on your executive functioning part of your brain. Yes. The part of your brain where that is, is your amygdala, which we talked a lot in the psychopath episode, Um, where, when you get like a regular amount of sleep, your amygdala is like medium reactive, right? So it's reacting like in a mid-level. It's not like hyperactive. It's not dead. It's like medium reactive. When you go without sleep for longer than 16 hours, your amygdala starts being hyperactive. It goes wild. Whoa. Yeah. So like your emotional regulation, your mo- your emotional circuits are just hyperactive and like really difficult to control. This correlates to the kinds of symptoms that you see in children with ADHD, that they're like, they have very poor emotional regulation. They cycle through emotions very quickly. Or when you're sleep deprived and you're like 
really irritable. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's crazy. Like emotional and mental health. Like if you think that you're while and out, try to get some more sleep hmm. or like if you feel like you're having a really hard time regulating your emotions or like you vacillate really wildly and quickly that's because well it could, it be, could because. be because yeah wow um this amygdala action like the kind of reaction that they see from your amygdala is very similar to the action that you see in it with people with depression people with anxiety people with schizophrenia people with high risk of suicide or past attempts and people with ptsd wow yeah so the amygdala functions pretty much exactly the same uh at, like with little sleep as with these psychiatric disorders so if they can figure out that brain stimulation thing to help put you to sleep then maybe it can like help be part of the treatment which is why electrode therapy has been proven effective for people with depression i'm very excited to talk about the dream episode because i have extensions on that yes yeah yes um and he also mentioned like you can't really find a single psychiatric condition where sleep is normal like whoa yeah sleep is dysfunctioned in a lot of psychiatric conditions like bipolar sleep is dysfunctional etc like just sleep is dysfunctional in a lot of psychiatric conditions so like they kind of go hand in hand is your sleep dysfunction because of the psychiatric condition or, or is, is it the other yeah, way around it's a chicken and egg kind of thing yeah but like i know that when i was in university like my sleep was erratic at best and i know that a lot of that was probably because or like i know that a lot of my depression was probably because my sleep was dysfunctional so yeah the his study has found links between depression anxiety schizophrenia high risk of suicide and PTSD. There's other labs who have found links between uh, it and bipolar and it and like ADHD and other stuff like the ADHD study I cited a while ago. So all of those were about like ailments and psychology and like cognitive disorders, but also regular like people who don't have disordered thinking patterns, that sort of thing. Uh, People who don't sleep well have difficulty overriding impulses to be biased in cognition and they have difficulty employing effortful cognition so what does that mean um biases such as like racism is an implicit bias oh or like if a person has a tattoo if you're an older person you're against tattoos like people have a hard time overriding bias like overriding internal biases when they're sleep deprived so you just like give up on being a good person kind of yeah yeah and um like because biases function like have good functions for our brain right but remember when we were talking about how um there's with with the cult biases there's a self-serving self-serving yeah and optimism bias so people have a way harder time looking past those biases to like see the real reason why something happened or like to see the real like likelihood of something happening that sort of thing they're more likely to buy into biases when they're sleep deprived buy into biases yeah um i love alliteration i can't say it but i love it (laughs) uh when they're sleep deprived because it's more effortful in with your brain so your brain is like tired and exhausted and sluggish and doesn't have like the fuel that it needs biases are the easiest form of thinking because it's just like you don't have to challenge anything so there's that and now we're moving into physiology so the things that happen to your body when you're sleep deprived so we talked about memory and learning we talked about psychology we talked about biases like positive psychology now with um physiology so 
the thing that's on everybody's mind is always well not everybody's but like a lot of people is like how do we lose weight how are we how do we make it so that we're healthier our bodies are healthier well there's a few hormones that are tied to uh weight loss so testosterone your body reduction in testosterone makes it harder to lose weight and we already know that reduction in testosterone in men happens when they're not sleeping enough. Wow. Um, your cortisol, your stress hormone rises when you're not getting enough sleep. Cortisol makes you really fat conservative, like makes your body hold on to fat more because biologically the argument is we, you can't prove anything like evolutionarily, but like the idea is that your biology is formed in a way that like if you're staying up all night you must be in some kind of a high risk situation and you must have low resources. Like you're staying up so, so you, that you can hunt. Like, yeah, yeah. So you need to conserve your resources. So your body's conserving all its fat. Cause it's like, Oh, whoa, you're staying up all night. Like you must be in you danger. Better, like put mm -hmm. on some pounds so you have the resources. Yeah, yeah. So you have storage. So it boosts fat storage. Also, there's two, two other hormones that have to do with lack of sleep there and weight loss or weight gain. There's the ghrelin hormone, which goes up when you're lacking sleep and ghrelin is the hormone which makes you hungry for fatty and sugary foods so high caloric foods ghrelin makes you crave those so when you're lacking sleep like that's when you want to go to Krispy Kreme that's when you want like all that shitty food yes and you can't really stop again eating. I just eat constant donuts and sugars when I'm in yeah <laughs> in the office yeah road trips for me like yeah fuck me up um and you can't stop eating because your body's production of leptin, which is your satiety hormone, like the thing that makes you feel satiated. Oh, it goes down. You're not producing or releasing as much leptin, which is the thing that tells you like you're full, you're, full. you're done now. Whoa. Yeah. So your body like just turns everything around when you're sleep deprived because it's like you're sleep deprived. So you're clearly also resource deprived. Um, I wonder sometimes when I feel like that and like everything you're saying I have a lot of personal like uh relation to yeah um and for me it comes out in I haven't slept as much my body needs food energy to like compensate I wonder if that's like do all of these like back workings um come out in like conscious thought of me saying oh yeah I need, I need food something. energy to make up for my lack of sleep energy like yeah. I wonder. And also like partially related. If you remember, I said that your brain is like Pac-Man for glucose or is a cookie monster yes. for glucose. Like it needs sugar. That's its main fuel. So it's like, okay, well, if you're not giving me sleep, which I need. You better give me some more sugar. Yeah. I need sugar. Huh. Right. Um, something just, just to throw it in there because I just looked over my notes and I forgot to mention in the psychology thing, sleep deficits disrupt our ability to pick up subtle social cues as well. <laughs> so like if somebody's being really weird and be like, did you sleep enough? <laughs> or if somebody's being really weird, if I didn't sleep enough, I don't notice. <laughs> or that too. Um, sorry. So to go back to physiology, also your metabolism changes. So not only are these hormone levels changing, but your metabolism changes it, after there's they ran a study where they had one week of adults who had shortened sleep so less than seven hours and their blood sugar levels were that of a pre-diabetic person whoa yeah so if you were to go to the doctor and be like take my blood after a week of short sleep your doctor's like whoa you're pre-diabetic because your insulin levels are off the charts wow Next thing that gets affected physiologically is your heart health. So 
we know that we get fat when we're not getting enough sleep. Uh, our heart also like really suffers when you aren't getting enough sleep. You have a 200% increase chance of heart attacks and strokes. Wow. Yep. Um, we already know that sleep affects everything. So we shouldn't be surprised that sleep affects your heart. And there's a global sleep experiment that happens around the world twice a year. Do you know what it is? No, but I want to do it. Do you want to take a stab at it? it you know, you participated in it without choice. Oh, oh my God. It's daylight saving. Yes. Yeah. Calvin, I asked Calvin, he's like, oh, New Year's. And I was like, you know what? Maybe, but no. Yeah. Daylight Whoa. savings. So in daylight savings fucks me up for so at bad. least a week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, in the springtime, when we lose an hour of sleep, the next day in the hospital, heart attack reports increase by 23%. Whoa. In the fall, when we gain an hour, heart attack rates decrease by 21% the next day. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's wild. What strikes me about this is the risk is higher than the benefit of getting. So 23% getting a little more sleep does lower your does lower the risk, but not as much as getting less sleep increases it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like it's not linear. It's like actually when you get more sleep, there's a 21% decrease. But when you get less, less sleep, there's a 23% increase in wow. heart attacks. So it's like slightly larger. This could just be like an anom anomaly of the data or whatever, but like they have really rich fucking data because it happens a lot around the world. Yeah. So, and it's like, consistent in all societies that's crazy yeah and like when you think about the obesity epidemic and when you think about like cardiovascular disease and how many people it kills and now we're seeing a lot of suicides everywhere and like suicide is linked to well not linked to but like suicide and sleep issues are comorbid wow and like when i'm working at the helpline so i'll ask people like i always ask them i'm like how are you sleeping like because they call me late like it's midnight i'm like you're up and it's midnight how do you sleep? Like talk to me about your sleep patterns. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, it's crazy what sleep does to your heart health. And if this isn't enough to convince you yet, there is more sleep loss or sleep deprivation is linked to cancer. Um, and so aggressively is it linked to cancer cancer that the world health organization classifies any form of nighttime shift work as a carcinogen. Whoa. As a, yeah, as a possible carcinogen. So, because, okay, so your body, cancer, if you guys don't know how cancer works, cancer is a mutation of your own cells. So it's your own body fucking up, like, and creating the wrong cells. These cells, your body has a regulation system in it, and there's natural killer cells in your body. Your body produces them, guess when? When you sleep? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you get just four hours of sleep in one night, there's a 70% reduction in killer cells. And killer cells are the cells that go around eating those cancer cells, preventing those cancerous cells from actually becoming cancer. Wow. Yeah. Um, so when you're not getting enough sleep, you're more likely to get cancer. And that link is like proven. Wow. And then if you're fighting cancer and you're not getting good enough sleep, you're really like hurting your chances. And there was a study uh, that was run in a lab, not by Dr. Walker, but by one of his like colleagues or whatever, where they implanted cancerous tumors into two groups of mice. Um, and one group of mice was like, their sleep quality was 
ruined. Well, not completely ruined, but it was like disturbed a okay. little bit. So one group of mice was allowed to sleep however the fuck it wanted, right? Just normally the way nature intended. The other group of mice was played with more often closer to bedtime. And like sometimes they were woken up in the middle of the night to like be played with and fed and whatever. After the study was over, they opened up the mice again. The mice where the sleep was disrupted, the tumor increased by 200% compared to the mice that got regular sleep oh my goodness and the tumor metastasized so wow. when it metastasizes it means that it moves into like other, other areas from like the place of origin so once they already had cancer they were less good at regulating it now i've mentioned this before animal studies are not always generalizable to people but like since we know that humans natural killer cells go down when we're lacking sleep like and then we saw this in mice like, isn't that fucking wild? Yeah. Like, why are we not asleep right now? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I came across this a lot. It's not directly related to dreams, but I came across this a lot when I was researching for the dream episode for next week that um, sleep is like an, inc an incredibly important health benefit that nobody pays attention to. Yeah. It's not like, you know, oh, uh, eat less sugar or, you know, make sure that you're exercising. Like people pay a lot of attention and a lot of money towards something like that. But sleep is something like, I mean, people spend a lot of money on mattresses, but <laughs> that's true. Um, like they're like, oh, not, I'm only sleeping for four hours. I want it to be the best four hours. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't think that they're buying really expensive mattresses because they want to sleep better. It's because they're paying for comfort. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, yeah, that sleep is is a really important health benefit. And it's like, like you're saying, it's an indicator of your physical health and mental health. Yeah. And it's something that is really often neglected. Yeah. Dr. Walker says that um, doctors should be prescribing sleep more often, not prescribing sleep meds because we already learned about those, Yeah, but should be prescribing sleep more often. Like this is what you should be aiming to sleep in a night. Yeah. And like do this in addition to this other stuff because it might help you. Um, also, he mentioned, guess how many hours of education doctors get about sleep in med school? Like in the total curriculum, guess how many hours? I don't know. The fact that it's already measured in hours and not in days should give you like a hint that it's fucking ludicrous. What? Two hours. That's in the all? total curriculum, they get two hours of education. That's insane because I don't know what your research was like, but there's a lot of fucking research out there about dreams. So to consider that of of what doctors are being taught in med school, that like with all of the information that's out there, they're only getting two hours. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's wild. It's and we know that like sleep has so many health benefits. And like, what is a it's two also hours like consistent? An of? anomaly. It's something that all of us have to do for a crazy amount of time. Like the only thing we do longer than sleep is be awake. Yeah, yeah. It's it takes up a huge percentage of our life, sleep. But doctors hardly learn about it. Wow. Yeah. Or at least that's what he said. I don't know the medical curriculum because I didn't go to med school. I don't know if that's apparent through or, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe the medical curriculum in the States is different than it is in Canada or in other countries. But Potentially. Yeah. It sounds like maybe you have to specialize in it too. Wow. Yeah. So sleep has only like recently gotten more and more popularity, like sleep as a, as a area of study. Important thing. Yeah. Um, and I think like Europe is already starting to move the needle on, like how much people talk about it and 
there needs to be just like if you think about it there's been like public public service announcements about smoking and there's been public service announcements about drinking and driving but like every day people deprive themselves of sleep and there's no public service announcements like get your eight hours (laughs) like what time are you getting up tomorrow well and what you were saying earlier about driving like i did driver's ed a years a year ago um because i got my license very very late in life um but how much time did we spend learning about drinking Hardly. and driving and being on your cell phone and driving and what that is? And we did touch on on sleeping and like we totally talked about the fact that it's uh it's it it impairs your abilities and it is like drink drinking and driving is like not having enough sleep. Um, all of that stuff. We talked about it, but when you look at like the amount of videos we watched about cell phones or the amount of videos that we watched about drinking and driving, or like you're saying PSAs and stuff like that, like stuff that the media is putting out there about drinking and driving or using your phone and driving or anything like that. But like, how often do you see stuff about making sure you get enough sleep? Hardly fucking Especially on really long drives, like long haul truckers. Fuck. And there's so many like school programs. Like I still remember they brought this car to our school on a flatbed truck as part of, I think, it wasn't dare. I think it was mad. Yeah. Like mothers against drunk driving. And they parked it out front of our school and each class was taken outside to see this car that was fucking mangled, like, because it was wrapped around a pole and they're like four people died in this car. And I was like, okay, first of all, I'm scarred for life. <laughs> Secondly, like now looking at it, it's like more people die from sleep deprivation. That's crazy. It's wild. And like, I've driven extremely sleep deprived and like that shit is dangerous it's funny because i would never drink and drive like i don't think i could have i i'm a lightweight i couldn't have even one alcoholic beverage and get behind the wheel i can't have one alcohol no i can't (laughs) i can't have one alcohol without like feeling an alcohol yeah um i couldn't operate a vehicle yeah but i have certainly driven while exhausted and i was telling this to calvin and so calvin's like yeah i'd wish that you can just get like sleep in a pill form and i was like or just fucking sleep (laughs) once again there's a bullshit episode about sleep and um there's a guy on it who's suffering from insomnia and he talks about using um sleep medication he's like this isn't real sleep i've tried it and yeah you're conked out for the right amount of hours but what happens if there is an accident like what happens if my there's a gas leak in my house or the fire alarm goes off or like what happens if there is an emergency in the middle of Mm -hmm. the night and I've taken this pill and I like, there's a fire above my head. And I think the line is fuck me. Right. And it makes me laugh every time, but it kind (laughs) of is true. Like if you take this medication and then you have some sort of urgent issue that you have to like react to, you wouldn't be able to, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't happen terribly often, but true man yeah it's it's, not a real sleep and it's like it's crazy just from where we digressed from cancer um there's not that sorry just from the line where we digressed from cancer just tying it back um the most common link between lack of sleep is between lack of sleep and bowel cancer prostate cancer and breast cancer wow yeah um and like prostate cancer and breast cancer I don't know about bowel, but I know that those are like, if you catch them early, they're very treatable yeah. and like very curable. Yeah. So like if you catch them early, they're treatable, but like your body naturally catches them early too. As long as you're getting enough sleep. As long as you're getting enough sleep. Wow. Um, 
So that's what sleep and your physiology moving right along with like your body function. And this one also ties in with uh, mental health function or like learning and like how your brain works when you're sleeping your body commits things to muscle memory or your brain commits things to muscle memory. And what's interesting is like, they can actually see like, so when you're doing movements, like if you're training fighting or whatever, and you like right punch, left punch, there's certain like impulses in your brain that correlate like impulses with right punch impulses with left punch, like flexing certain muscles, et cetera. Like that is visible on like in your brain. So they'll look at that while you're awake. And then while you're sleeping, your brain actually rehearses these things, but in like double time. Wow. Yeah. So there's like in the Joe Rogan podcast, because Joe Rogan is very much into like psychedelics and DMT and like all like all of these things. He's very into experimenting with consciousness and spirituality and whatever. But he's like, oh, wow. So like time warp and like the whole it goes into the whole like maybe time isn't linear or like time is elastic like the way that it's been talked about in physics like it gets very like weird and spooky but the fact that your brain like works in double time to memorize something that is in real time and then like when you wake up you don't remember that whatever but it's like been committed because it's been rehearsed like your brain rehearses things while you're sleeping which is like really fucking cool we will get into that more in this in this yes, episode as yes. well <laughs> um i should have sent you that joe rogan episode because they talked about a lot of stuff with dreams too oh cool but I i'm sure you found a bunch oh uh, there's there's a fucking whole world of dream research yeah available to be honest i didn't want to share it with you before i did this <laughs> <laughs> i was like i want to no, I'm explore teaching. the world <laughs> So after you guys listen to both of these episodes, go listen to that Joe Rogan episode with Dr. Matt Walker. And he also has like, he's everywhere. He's been published in Esquire. He's been published in, um, I think maybe the New York times. He published a book about it. The book is called why we sleep. He's been on the Joe Rogan podcast. He spoke at Google. He has pieces with business insider slate Esquire and the guardian. He works with the human sleep science lab at UC Berkeley. Like this guy is just everywhere. If you want to learn about sleep, like you might've looked at something that he was tied to probably not even known it so yeah um that's why i didn't want to share it because i wanted to be the one educating and then finally so sleep affects everything there's one last thing that we haven't covered like we covered how our bodies move we covered how our hearts work how our brains work like how our gut works gaining weight like we covered pretty much everything now to get to a super granular granular level gene activity Oh, and gene expression is mutated with lack of sleep. So there's, uh, they found in one of the studies, they found 711 genes that are distorted after a week of sleep deprivation. Some genes decrease in activity and some genes increase in activity. The genes that decrease in activity are the ones that have to do with your immune system and like protecting you from diseases. You are much more likely to get sick. Um, hold on. I have the number. So you're three times more likely to get sick if you're sleep deprived um, than if you're not sleep deprived. Like even just a cold? Yep. Um, With regards to the genes that increase inactivity, they're the genes that have to do with building tumors and creating tumors. They're the genes that have to do with inflammation. So all of your joints get inflamed if you have sleep deprivation uh, and cardiovascular disease. Sorry, I just had a light bulb moment. Once again, the last time that I had to go to Toronto and be in the office, I was majorly sleep deprived because I have to get up so early. My ankles 
were so fucking swollen. swollen. Yeah, I remember. By the end of the day, like I felt like I was walking on it actually like wild. trunks. <laughs> they it was crazy. And then I went to sleep and it was better, but then I had to work the whole day by the time I got to bury the next night, they were swollen again. Like that's crazy. I just thought it was because I was on a bus for a it's couple hours, but it's totally maybe it's sleep deprivation. I mean, it was probably a combination of both. Like, but wow. Can you, your indicator of sleep deprivation is cankles. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. And like furious irritability. Yes. And the fact that I, like I lose cognitive functioning before I get cankles for sure. I know I'm tired before <laughs> the ankles. Maybe up. it's just like a hallucination. No, they were really big. <laughs> I showed another person. They were like, oh, yeah, they're really fucking swollen. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, all of those genes get mutated. And the ones that have to do with all the bad things get m- expressed more when you're lacking sleep. And so basically lack of sleep is like genetically modifying your body. Wow. To fuck with you. And so like after all of that, we can see there seems to be no aspect of physiology that is escaping not sleep deprivation yeah yeah like everything gets crazy sleep is not an optional luxury it's non-negotiable for all y'all listening at home um, sleep. yeah and then so megan how many hours of sleep would you say that you need to function properly me personally mm-hmm. i need eight mm-hmm. yeah yeah i notice like even if i've only had seven hours of sleep i notice the next day yeah and i'm kind of the same so mine is seven and a half to eight um, I notice that that's when I feel the best. And also that's the timing of my circadian rhythm too. So mm. one of the big things that people say will be like, oh, well, I got eight hours of sleep, but I'm not feeling rested. Or I got nine hours of sleep and I'm not feeling rested. And it's because you're waking up in the middle of your circadian rhythm. So like when you're sleeping, your brain waves, the way they look, like your sleep waves, they get more and more shallow, like as the morning's coming. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is like, yes, light really affects this. So like get rid of blue lights and whatever. Don't use devices before you go to bed. Try to have blackout curtains or use an eye mask when you're sleeping or something like that. But also our ancestors, it's believed that temperature also really affected them too. So at night when it gets colder, that's another signal to your body to start shutting off and turning off Mm. because it's getting colder. And then Uh, even if they were sleeping in caves, when it starts getting warmer, that's when your body wakes up. So if there's anything that you can do to like turn a fan on or keep it cool in your house, like at night and then start waking up when it starts getting warmer. Cause like by the time the sun is out, like that's when you're starting to wake up, but also not only is it brighter, it's also a lot warmer. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so like our thermostat at home, that's how we have a set. Like at night we have it cooler and like in the morning it's warmer. And even if like there's no light on in my room, like just because it's hotter, like it gets more uncomfortable to sleep. And so it starts waking me up. That's one thing. Um, Another thing is, can you sleep too much? And Dr. Matt Walker says, like, there are some anecdotes of sleep hangovers. Like, so if you sleep too long, like you feel gross and bad and whatever. He says that physiologically, it's not really possible to sleep too much if you're healthy. So if, if you're like sick and whatever, you can't really, uh, you can like oversleep because your body needs it. But if you're healthy, he says that it's not 
really possible, which I don't know if I believe, but... Like, if I'm a totally healthy person, I just wouldn't oversleep? Is that what he means? Yeah, your body will wake you up. Okay. Like, you'll stop being able to sleep at but around yeah, if hour you were nine. sick, either physically or if you, like, were struggling. Like, I know... Um, I've known people who uh, were struggling with depression and had, like, they just slept all the time. And something that I saw while I was procrastinating research on this on Reddit, there uh, there was somebody talking in, like, my ADHD forum, and she's like, without meds, I would be in bed all day. Like, because wow. it's a motivation and, like, control thing. And for me, like, to get myself out of bed takes a fucking lot. And I was always like, oh, it's because I'm lazy. Like, it's because I'm unhealthy, whatever, whatever but like maybe it's linked to ADHD, whatever. Huh, that's but, interesting. Yeah. So it's not actually like he says it's not possible to get to sleep. We get too much sleep, but on the flip side, you can get too much. You can drink too much water. Like if you drink too much water, like your cells can actually start exploding. Um, you can eat too much. And these are both like life fuels. You can over oxygenate. So if you breathe too much, you can actually like flood your brain with um, too much oxygen. Yeah. Uh, free radicals. Yeah, it, it's part of, like, oxygenating. I'm pretty sure that's the word that he said. It's a good band name. <laughs> Free Radicals, <laughs> yes. Um, uh, but, it, like, if it's possible you can oversleep. They just haven't. It's he, he was also, he's like, if I were to say, like, if somebody asked me, is society at risk of over, oversleeping? He's like, oh, contraire. <laughs> So I thought that was very cute and I definitely butchered it, but it was adorable. Um, the only place that is contested that you might be like getting too much sleep is hypersomnia, which is part of depression. Um, but the data that they have on it makes it hard to tell whether these people are actually sleeping longer or if they're just staying in bed longer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, also for the people who are not getting enough sleep, you cannot recover. Like you can't gain back what you've lost. Really your body, like, compensates a little bit but it never gets back to as good as it could have been yeah. if you just got better sleep yeah wow and the whole like too little sleep during the week and trying to get it back on the weekend dr walk calls this uh sleep bulimia he's like because you're binging and purging but like you're not making that sleep back on wow. the weekend you're just that's interesting because like something like smoking for example um i forget where i read this but um if you were a smoker, like, especially if you quit when you're younger, if you smoked for 10 years by like a year or two years later, your body recovers, your, your lungs things. have regenerated their health. And if you were a smoker for 15 years, it's, you know, like it, the longer you smoke, the more time it takes your body to regenerate, but yeah. your body is always able to like regenerate a bit. So like if you smoked for 10 years and then quit for five years, like you're back to like, as if you had not smoked kind of thing with your lung health, I, I yeah. think. Yeah, I remember um, reading that too. Yeah, and that's interesting that like sleep's just like a hell no on that. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the final thing that I just wanted to talk about is like that that same concept. Like you can't regenerate your sleep and there's no way for you to like store up sleep. So if you know you're going to be like exhausted like over the next- or fat or anything Yeah, like exactly. That. Wow. Yeah, so mother nature like didn't really do anything to evolve like sleep stores because human beings are the only species who willingly deprive themselves of sleep. Yeah, there's no other animals that, willingly deprive themselves of sleep the only time they do is if there's famine 
and famine is something that you can't control. Yeah. Um, but like sleep, you can control. Wow. Uh huh. And like, because like we're pretty evolved, there's some things about like humans and like all the species on the planet right now that are like, sure. Caveman ask, like there's certain things like our appendix that are just like not really an evolutionary. Yeah good thing but um sleep is really risky like is really evolutionarily risky because if you're like back in the olden days when there's lots of predators and whatever if you're sleeping you're susceptible yeah you're dead like you said with the sleeping pills right yeah yeah if you're sleeping and your house is on fire and like your brain has been shut off chemically like you're dead and something that mother nature has evolved to do when you're sleeping in strange situations or somewhere where you're not feeling safe or if you're sleeping somewhere you haven't slept before like a hotel or something like that only half of your brain sleeps at, at a time so you're not you're not getting as restful as of a sleep that's why like people who are on the road a lot that sort of thing like they they're it's bad for your brain it's bad for your sleep when you're getting when you're sleeping in foreign situations because only your half of your brain is asleep because you still need those alerts like those ancestral alerts like oh shit something's happening wow that's why in when you're sleeping in unfamiliar situations you're more like alert to strange creaks or strange sounds or lights or whatever and for the longest time i was like that at calvin's like whenever i slept at his mom's place i would be very easily woken Huh. And like now I'm fine. Like now I sleep there fine. But also at my place, Calvin used to have really bad sleeps. Until That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. When so. we moved up here, I had a lot of trouble. Both of us had a lot of trouble. Um sleeping. Sleeping. Yeah. It was it was hard to for the first month or so. We both were like just really struggling. Yeah. So Mother Nature, like, she knows what she's doing. Wow. Like she protects you if you're in un- like the evolutionarily your body like the way we've evolved there we go your brain protects you if you're in unfamiliar situations because you're like because part of your brain is awake um but there's no like we're the only ones who willingly deprive ourselves of sleep like there's no other animal that does this well we must purpose. be like uh, like you say mother nature knows what she's doing like we're f- we're clearly fighting it it's not yeah. like like we evolved to be able to store like food to be able to store other sorts of resources. But like maybe the reason that we're not evolved to be able to store up sleep or regenerate um, after because we've never had neglecting to. it and we're not supposed to. Yeah. And like m- you wouldn't be put into such a costly, like such an credit, like such a costly thing of like sleep, like, sleep reduces the amount of resources that you can collect because you're sleeping you're not doing anything like but it sounds like you are doing like your body is doing a lot of things when you sleep she wouldn't put us into such a like risky situation if it weren't like a survival in its own yeah because it clearly is if mm -hmm. it leads to all of these things it's like clearly a survival tactic to sleep and so this brings back the idea so like society has changed way faster than humans could evolve Um, And so this bringing back those like low sleepers, the people who need less sleep, there's not enough studies on them to see if they like if they have any of these physiological challenges, but like their brains function quite well on very little sleep, like better than the average person. Um, But as far as like heart studies and whatever, like. I didn't find too much data about them because they're very, very rare, but because of our current environment, 
selects for people who are able to sleep less like selects for people who are still producing high quality work and like can live longer with shorter sleep and stuff like that like those people might be getting selected for naturally if you know what I mean so like because they're getting better jobs because they can work longer with fewer cognitive deficits because they're might not be dying as quickly because they need less sleep so like they're out functioning like regular people in society who need eight hours of sleep so like slowly they could be getting selected for and like maybe we could evolve to be that way in like a few thousand years but for now get your eight hours and seven hours is like the absolute minimum anything lower than seven hours and you're starting to see like huge issues wow are there studies on that like like um what happens like studies showing like this is what is occurring after seven hours or six hours or five yeah. hours everything everything that i mentioned today all of that starts like being pretty pronounced at seven hours wow yeah pretty much everything to see like the larger effects it's longer lack of sleep um another thing is people use alcohol or marijuana as a sleep aid and these things both reduce the amount of deep sleep that you get or yeah rem rem yeah rem slip sleep that you get so there's each part of your cognition and each part of your body benefits from different sections of sleep. So it's not like, oh, I only need this type of sleep or I only need this type of sleep. You need both sections to get the full benefit of sleep. And alcohol also fragments your sleep, same with marijuana. So it will give you, like you'll wake up, you'll have micro wakings throughout the night, but you don't necessarily remember them. But because it's like disrupting you and it keeps pulling you out of your sleep, like- It's like sleep apnea. Yeah, yeah, it's, you have severe, like detriment after smoking or alcohol because it reduces the amount of REM sleep that you can get. Um, And same with caffeine. So people who say that they can sleep well after drinking a cup of coffee, like I'm one of those people, I'm pretty much always sleepy. Uh, It just because you say that you can fall asleep doesn't necessarily mean you're getting a good quality of sleep. Mm -hmm. So again, you're lacking that um, good quality sleep. And then I just wanted to, because I like to end on things that you're like, holy shit. Um, there were a couple studies like back in the thirties, forties, fifties, and sixties sleep deprivation studies, and they were all insane. So, um, there was, have you heard of the website called creepy, creepypasta.com? Yeah. I don't know what it is, but I see it a lot. Actually last podcast on the left, like it's in in the title of many of their episodes. And I'm always like, I don't know. I'm not listening to that one. (laughs) Creepypasta is like, it was this internet hole. I don't even know if it's still around, but it was this place where like people wrote creep, like horror stories. And okay. Yeah. One about sleep deprivation started, on creepypasta and it was called the russian sleep experiment and it was where they put a bunch of dudes into a room here i'll just read you the synopsis okay um in the story russian researchers gave political prisoners a gas-based stimulant to keep them away awake for 15 days as part of a scientific experiment the subjects were sealed and monitored with a false promise of the of freedom if they could successfully avoid sleeping for 30 days strange behavior by the prisoners in the early days of the experiment was blamed on the gas but the subjects began displaying increasingly unusual behavior as the time of the as their time in the chamber continued halfway through the experiment the subjects appeared to calmly embrace their bleak 
conditions despite the horrifying circumstances within. After being briefly removed, the remaining sub subjects were ordered back into the chamber along with three researchers, but one of the researchers refused and demanded answers before killing his com commander and the remaining test subjects. The Whoa. story ends with the following conclusion. He pointed his gun at the remaining subject, still restrained to a bed as the remaining members of the medical and research team fled, fled the room. I won't be locked in here with these things, not with you. He screamed at the man strapped to the table. What are you? He, he demanded. I must know. The subject smiled. Have you forgotten so easily? The subject asked. We are you. We are the madness that lurks within you all, begging to be free at every moment in your deepest animal mind. We are what you hide from in your beds at night. We are what you sedate into silence and paralysis when you go into the nocturnal haven where we cannot tread. The researcher paused, then aimed at the subject's heart and fired. The EEG flatlined as the subject weakly chose, choked out. So nearly free. Oh. So uh, that's the Russian sleep experiment. Not real. Not real. Hoax. Okay. But it actually is really like well frighteningly. Researched? No, it's frighteningly linked to kind of shit that happens to regular people when they're sleep deprived. So nobody's been sleep deprived for 15 days as far as I know. But the as longest, far as like being sleep deprived and like the kinds of things you're going to exhibit. You lose your damn mind. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there was one person. This one was very, very modest uh he had he was told to just stay up pull an all-nighter that's it in the lab and they recorded him like a video camera and he was talking to the researcher whatever at the beginning in his first interview he's like oh i've been in here for an hour like i just like he's been up for 16 hours only and so he's like i hopefully like i'll get some work done over this overnight like shouldn't be a problem the next interview that he had was like at hour 19 of being awake and he was like a little bit more like strange like not completely strange but just like slightly like off and not like completely even keel and then at the 23 hour mark when they interviewed him again he's like man i'm so fucking pissed oh wait can i swear on here oh i don't care <laughs> and so like he went from like being pissed because he was going to say that he like didn't get any work done. He's like, I'm pissed. I've been in here for so long and I, whatever. And he's like, Oh, can I swear in here? And then he like went into like Manic sleep deprived. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, you know, when you're feeling a little loopy because you didn't sleep enough. Yes. That like is a scientific phenomenon. Like wow. it happens. Yeah. Um, another sleep study, there were, um, a few participants where they deprived them of sleep for 120 hours which is a very long time. Um, That's and a very long time. That's several days. Mm -hmm. Most in most of these studies, and this was all in like thirties, forties, fifties, and sixties. In most of the studies, when they deprive them of sleep for like a long time, people report seeing fog or smoke, like at the top of a room coming in under doors, like your vision is distorted. You're not seeing clearly. Yeah. And people see like, hallucinations that's scary yeah also like many of the people in the experiments will report like patterns moving by day four of sleep deprivation in one of the studies the um participants were looking at crumbs on a table and they're like the crumbs are walking across the table like so the you crumbs just are like moving. start fully hallucinating yeah you like lose your damn mind um and in one of the studies not one but two participants walked into a wall because they thought there was a door there <laughs> yeah um in one of the studies the four participants that were part of it they formed their own like little group and alliance of like just like this like own comedy troupe where 
they were all they all thought each other were, were like hilarious and like sometimes the researchers noted they're like yes the men were funny but like sometimes some of the jokes like made absolutely fucking no sense and whenever the researchers would try to understand it like would ask the participants participants would get really mad and like not allow them to participate at all whoa like they hated participation um there was another study where the participants were asked to mark down the time every 10 minutes like it's been this time it's been this time whatever but like when the uh, researchers looked at the time like at what they the were time writing down they recorded they were writing down like just gibberish they're like um they're like meet me in chair like just crazy things that made no sense like insane um another one there was the participant was asked to hand in like his eeg recordings and he was about to hand it over to the researcher and then he's like oh i love this paper and then started kissing it and later on the um the participant said like oh i must have thought it was my girlfriend i must have been daydreaming or something and then there was one study where all of the men were like hallucinating that sort of thing and like remember i'm saying men because back in the 30s 40s 50s 60s yeah women all men yeah. yeah women don't exist they're not worth it for psychological study um all of the men were like hallucinating and were experiencing like bad effects but one of the men in particular thought he was in grave danger and he thought that he was going to get killed by the researchers he went so far as to call his wife to tell her to alert the proper authorities and he was convinced that one of the researchers was going to stab him in the back with a pen shank like with a knife that he turned into a pen whoa or or with a pen that he turned into a knife rather (laughs) the other way would have been crazy too (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) um so he was suffering like from mass paranoia mass delusions was like losing his damn mind even after he slept he slept for like i think 14 hours or something after that um the next day he was still fully convinced that everything he experienced was real wow after a week after normal like full sleep he still had like had was suffering from paranoia like he was still suffering from that sleep deprivation study yeah so like the lasting effects are insane like he eventually recovered to be fully like cognitively okay i guess but like these are the extreme ends so there's sleep deprivation what we do to ourselves like regularly to try, try to be like successful in society but there's also like extreme sleep deprivation just like breaks your brain wow it breaks it and it's insane that these studies even used to be conducted. That's anyway. really scary. Back yeah, in so. the 30s and 40s when there are no rules on how you have to treat your subjects, I guess. Wow. Um, Stanford prison experiment. Yes. Wait, have we talked about that one yet? Oh, I don't know. The prison experiment? Ooh, we'll talk about we it. Should, we'll do yeah. a study study. But yeah, back in the old days. If you guys really want to like get scared in the middle of the night and if you're a pansy like me... <laughs> sit in calvin's dark basement and watch a video about that russian sleep experiment creepy pasta because there's some pretty creepy visuals as well and then yeah i love getting scared (laughs) i hate it i hate it so much um yeah anyway so that's get enough sleep guys yeah go to sleep guys i'd like to be able to say episode go take a nap (laughs) (laughs) i'd like to be able to say like that's all i have but i'm pretty sure this episode is very long so it's like 
that's i have more but this is yeah this is like sleep is a whole uh area of research i think like maybe not all doctors get very much training on how important sleep is but there's certainly like an aspect of science and an aspect of psychological studies that is 100% focused on sleep and in med school doctors get deprived of sleep and in their residency so tr- they get deprived yeah. of sleep like it's okay Same to with ask nurses. your surgeon nurses get like crazy long shifts like yeah. after going through all of the schooling that they have to go through then they get a job and they're working like 14 hour night shifts yeah my my sister is a nurse and she it works on rotating shifts and like i understand that we need medical health professionals at night and 20 yeah 24 7 absolutely fine but like i think that you should do like a month like that and then like while you're working you only work night shift and then you get to like s- sleep in a blackout room so like you're just kind of like living in this like lightless hole so that you don't know so like your circadian rhythm switches or maybe we'll one day have just enough nurses that every nurse can just have an eight-hour shift and yeah maybe they're working overnight but it's just an eight-hour shift and so they get to have a full night night quote unquote uh, sleep afterward the medical system in general like patients are kept in hallways where the lights are kept on all night yeah and they can't sleep so they can't heal. That's why they're there because they're not doing well. So why would we deprive them of one of the best medicines? It's just, uh, <laughs> I can talk about this for days. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I wanted to say today. That was thorough. Sorry. That was, don't be sorry. Don't be sorry for like <laughs> thoroughly researching the topic that we decided to talk about. There's more, there's like so much in the way that it affects you psychologically too. That, that I was like, this needs people need to know yeah we're killing ourselves yeah go get some sleep y'all make eight hours bare minimum seven hours dedicate it do it just like get yourself into a rhythm where that's what you sleep and uh and keep it up yeah Ooh, one final thing before we go melatonin is okay melatonin is not a sleep drug like it doesn't put you to sleep it only changes like so melatonin is a naturally occurring hormone in your body um when you use like devices with blue light in bed, it delays your melatonin spike. So it delays like your natural circadian rhythm. Oh, so like they did a study where they compared reading on an iPad versus reading in a book, uh, reading a book in dim light. And like your melatonin spike was like severely delayed when you're reading on a blue light device. Do you know what you should do instead of looking at your phone or watching a TV show or a movie before you go to sleep? You should put on a podcast. Oh, you should just like i i have to have some sort of sound to fall asleep it helps helps me sleep have you listened to Um, the sleep with me podcast no i haven't but i did fall asleep to a podcast the other day and i was like wow this is like maybe i don't have to put on netflix to fall asleep like i fall asleep instantly i literally just need the sound um but yeah Yeah. Yeah. listen to a podcast listen to this podcast and sleep tight (laughs) Yeah. yeah um and then the melatonin thing so melatonin is really helpful if you're changing time zones or it helps you like it helps your body time your sleep but it doesn't improve the quality of sleep but if you're taking melatonin regularly and you think it's helping you keep taking it because it doesn't actually do anything bad like if you're taking it before you go to bed um and the placebo effect is one of the most widely effective and recognized medical effects there is so if you think that melatonin is improving your quality of sleep it could be just because you believe in it 
So guys, pop your melatonin. If that's what you like. Or yeah. listen to a podcast. Yeah. Or, you know, just whatever you got to do to uh, make sure you're getting a good night's sleep. Getting that sleep. It's important. Yeah. Anyway, okay. good night. Yeah. Have a good one. Thank you for listening. Uh, remember, if you want to reach out to us, if you have, have um, questions or advice or feedback or anything like that, just, you know, reach out. We we love to hear from you. We are Who Knew We Didn't everywhere. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Gmail, all of it. And, hashtag uh, WKWD. Hashtag WKWD. And uh, yeah. Bye. Sleep so, tight. Yeah.